diesmal klären in bravouröser Manier. Posipal weiter zu Schäfer, Schäfer zu Fritz Walter, Fritz Walter zu Marlock. Schäfer lässt den Ball durch, hinter ihm steht Ottmar, aber Ottmar... Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. As luck would have it, or perhaps it's fate, we're going to be looking at serendipity and coincidence in football. And I'm joined by Martin, our sub-dean, who thanks to good fortune and being in the right place at the right time, or at least the right place in the boarding queue, has flown in from Sydney to be with us in person today. Dedication or deportation? Well, that's for you to decide. Yes, Jerome, I'm here. I just couldn't keep away. Besides, I decided it was probably the only way to make sure I get my back pay. You're still a materialist then, but never mind that. Uh, to, to business in hand. Now, what's all this about coincidence and happenstance? They're the same thing. Okay then, uh, coincidence and happy chance. Again, still the same thing. Uh, fine. So, so why are you interested in coincidence, serendipity, fortune, chance and so on? Put down that thesaurus. The reason I'm interested in coincidence is, recently, I was having one of my regular moments of reflection and I recalled something that I'd read that still sends chills down my spine. Have you heard about the 17-year-old boy who was killed while riding on his moped? He was killed exactly one year after his twin brother was killed while riding the same moped at the same intersection by the same taxi with the same driver carrying the same passenger. Well, it's unbelievable. I mean, is that true or is it an urban myth? Quite true, apparently. But whatever it's veritas, it got me thinking about all those strange footballing twists and turns. All right, then. Well, go on, then. Well, what exactly do you have in mind? Well, let me start with a true hero, but a man who hardly manages to get a mention outside his, his native land. Oh, you're not talking about me, are you? <laughs> no, far from it. I'm talking about Fritz Walter. German captain, leader of the team that won the 1954 World Cup with the miracle of Bern. The win that some say set the then West Germany on the road to post-war economic recovery and restored its national self-esteem. Indeed, that's a very famous match. But where's the serendipity or coincidence or, or fate or, or fortune? Give, give me that thesaurus. Oh, fine. Right. Be prepared to be amazed. Now, let me paint something of a picture. Pre-war, young Walter starts playing for his hometown club, Kaiserslautern. In fact, his father ran the inn or social club attached to the football club. Well, Walter becomes an international, has lots of offers to play elsewhere, but remains resolutely loyal. Then came the war, with our hero drafted into the German army in, in 1942. Tell me, you're not going to make this into a history lesson, Martin, please. Would I dare? Fast forward. The end of the war sees Walter in a POW camp, guarded by Hungarian guards and playing football with them. They, of course, realise he's pretty good at this. Well, the Soviet Red Army arrive. They start taking all the German prisoners into gulags in, in the Soviet Union. But one of the Hungarian prison guards saves Walter's life. It seems that he'd seen him playing for Germany against Hungary before the war, remembered him, remembered him with some affection, and so, of course, told the Soviets, this Fritz, he's not a German, but in fact he's from the Saar territory, which then, as you'll probably recall, was a French protectorate. Oh, right, yes, yes, of course. So, so there's a Hungarian theme emerging here, then? Correct. Who does the West German team beat in the 1954 final? Yes, 
Hungary, the then mighty Magyars, uh, 3-2 in fact from 2-0 from down on a wet summer's day. And do you know what a wet, cool summer's day is normally called in Germany? English weather. <laughs> very, very good. No. Fritz Walter weather. Oh. You see, he's picked up malaria in the war, so he's not much good on hot days. But he was great on a cool one. And yes, 4th of July 1954, the day of the final, was exactly that. Cool weather. Ideal for our friend Fritz Walter. Well... That sounds good, but is there anything else that's a bit more serendipitous than that? Would I leave you hanging? Of course there is. Two years later, 1956, Jerome, what happened? Um, don't tell me, uh, the Soviet invasion of Hungary. You're getting good at this. Yes, the Hungarian uprising, Soviet troops move in, the Hungarian national side, as chance would have it, are caught unawares, they're away from home. They're in exile. And who do they ask to manage them? Our boy, Fritz. Spot on. So for two years, he manages them and in fact secures financial backing for them. His debt of gratitude paid. Well, you've certainly whetted my appetite for much more of this. I mean, any more serendipitous gems? Here's another question for you. Who's the greatest number 10? Um, Pelé, uh, Maradona, Cruyff, Platini, um, De Stefano. Oh, and... Oh, I suppose one for our North London neighbours in red, Bergkamp. Well, all quite proper and worthy choices, but supposing I said Valentino Mazzola. Il grande Torino. Some say he was the best of all. Well, he would have been had his life not been cut short in the Torino air crash. Oh, right, OK. Um, but his son became an international too, didn't he? Uh, I thought I'd throw that in. You really are getting very good. Indeed, that's right. Well, here's a little coincidental gem, just like you requested. 1929, a young 10-year-old Valentino is out for a wander on the banks of the River Adda, um, a tributary of the Po, when he spots another youngster, a six-year-old, drowning. Well, Valentino does no more, but jumps in and rescues the boy. Well, that's certainly laudable, but what's your point? I mean... Where's the coincidence? The drowning six-year-old was called Andrea, Andrea Bonomi. And what did Andrea do when he grew up? Um, a swimming instructor. <laughs> very, very good indeed. No, he became a footballer himself, played for and captained AC Milan, won a title with them, in fact, and in fact managed to get a cap for the national team as well. Well, here's another one for you. What's the biggest win in professional football? Oh, well, that's easy. Um, drawing on my um, vast pub quiz experience, I can safely say that the, it was in the Scottish Cup, Arbroath 36, Bonacord 1885, in case you wanted to know that. I'll give you that. 10 out of 10. Now, pedants would say it was beaten by the mighty Adima FC in Madagascar in a 2002 league match when they actually won 149-0. But we can't count that. It was a thrown match. <laughs> I would never have guessed. Well, going back to your 1885, how about the second highest score after the Arbroath one? Um, well, I don't know. Uh, we've def no, you've got me there. How about this? It was Dundee Harp 35, Aberdeen Rovers nil. Well, just pipped at the post, or perhaps the crossbar, by our broth, obviously. Um, but so what? I mean, yes, Scottish as well, I can see that, but I mean, uh, is there something I'm missing? Yes. 
the two matches were played on the same day, 12th September 1885, both in the Scottish Cup, at the same time, just 18 miles apart. And how about this? The ref at Dundee actually made the score 37-0, but the Dundee half secretary said, well, he'd only counted 35. The ref thanked him for his honesty and sportsmanship and amended the final score accordingly. It's all fun, of course, and very, very interesting, Martin. But um, And it's a big but. What do we take from this? I mean, philosophically or historically, I mean, what is the point of your argument? Here's a challenge. Have a stab at working it out for yourself. Oh, OK. Um, well, the deductive reasoner in me yearns for some sort of conclusion. Um, OK. Uh, is sport more coincidence-laden than life? Does sport simply amplify the coincidences that abound day to day? Do sports fans, with their often statistical mindset, look for and relish quirky occurrences just as we're doing here? Ultimately, Martin, is this a what-does-it-all-mean kind of question? Jerome, as always, you're positively Sherlock-like in your thinking. It won't surprise you to know that there's been research and a great deal of thought given to this and to coincidence generally. Well, well, that's a coincidence then. Very droll. Anyway, the upshot is that from a purely statistical point of view, these events are just random, not meaningfully related. And we shouldn't be surprised because these so-called coincidences and serendipitous moments happen all the time. Extremely improbable events are commonplace. That's what the statistician David Hand points out in his book, The Improbability Principle. You see, the truth is that we humans are generally just not very good at reasoning objectively about probability as we go about our, our daily lives. And yes, as sports fans, we look for the improbable, the coincidental, and we relish them because, well, that's just the sort of people we are. Well, yes. I mean, I think that that's a very good point. I mean, for me, it proves that football really does seem to be life in microcosm. Life in, in let's call it, sharp relief. Yes, and, and the strange events, those I-don't-believe-it moments that creep into sport all the time, are really part of what we live for. You know, Manchester United completing the treble on Matt Busby's birthday. Zambia winning the 2012 African Cup of Nations in Libreville, just a few miles from where most of their squad had actually been killed in a plane crash in 1993. And come to think of it, Ireland's first win in an international tournament just happens to come against England in the 1988 Euros. Um, and because we bask in them so much, I've got my very own one for you, actually, Martin. How about this? Ronald Vatterus, not the most well-known Dutch goalkeeper, it has to be said, made his debut for Manchester City in September 2004 in a League Cup match against Barnsley, which Manchester City won 7-1. Barnsley's goalkeeper that night was Nick Colgan, the following year, Vuterus was transferred to Glasgow Rangers and made his debut in a League Cup match against Dundee United. Rangers won 7-1. Who was the unfortunate keeper who conceded those seven goals, Martin? You're not going to tell me it was... Yes, <laughs> none other than poor old Nick Colgan. 
Jerome, you've hit a crescendo that even I couldn't dream of matching. Now, I'm off to sort out that back pay. Well, it'll be quite a coincidence if our paymaster general is in today, so good luck with that. And um, actually, Martin, if you could ask for my back pay while you're there, that would be good. So thanks a lot, Martin, and thank you, dear listeners. Please check out all the other subjects we've got on our podcast feed, including more Soccer Studies gems like this one. Please listen to our other Soccer Studies podcasts and have a look at all the other subjects we've got on offer, many of them non-football related. Share, review and let us know what you think. You can get in touch with us on email at southmemesu at gmail.com. And whoever you support, keep the faith. Thank you.